politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for the issues that matter in the way they matter at the time they matter. Believe it or not, we're the only ones doing that here at CR Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Hurwitz back here today for Wednesday, September 20th. And where do I I begin? What do we do? Do I focus on the insane debt and and inflation? You can't even live and afford anything? Do I focus on the congressional budget fight? Do I focus on 45,000 illegals being caught in five days, an annualized pace of 3.3 million, not including close to a million gotaways. That's where, where we're holding now. Do I focus on DOJ giving Ray Epps a slap on the wrist misdemeanor charge in order to bury that issue? Or Cap- former Capitol Hill Police Chief Sons, who was literally the chief during January 6th, basically testifying before Congress that there was a coup against his leadership. You had undercover, not just you know FBI, but Metro cops, which we knew about anyway, uh, all over the place. The FBI also lost track of all their assets in the crowd because they couldn't even keep track. Do I focus on Zelensky running our country, coming here demanding and successfully getting more money from the corrupt Uniparty Senate as he goes to the UN and pushes climate fascism? Do I focus on... Republicans just lost control of the New Hampshire House, losing one of their trifectas because they ran a MAGA candidate that misrepresents our views and just taints it in Trump's stupidity and persona, making our agenda, which should be very popular based on everything we just mentioned, uh, with with swing voters, but now it's not. So now we can't win in, in, in an increasingly growing share of the country. So there's a ton there. Honestly, for today, I'm not going to get to almost all of that. I'm going to start with something that's greater than everything, and that is genocide. Yeah, killing us. We now have a paper, a detailed paper, showing, and and, and this is, there's nothing like it. 180 pages, almost as many references, Canadian researchers estimating 17 million people have died globally so far from the COVID gene juice, 17 million. But importantly, the signs we are seeing now is that even as the take-up slowed to nothing, although they want to rejuvenate that and they will successfully do it if we don't stop them, people are still dying in droves because now we are seeing long-term effects. We're going to get to that with our special guest, Dr. Makis, coming up towards the bottom of the hour. But then there's yet another genocide I want to talk about before that, just because we have to close the loop on that issue. Uh, But first, man, before our busy day, Birch Gold Group Obviously, essential banks like China, India, Australia, Russia are now getting rid of the U.S. dollar or contemplating it. You need to protect your savings with something worth more than the paper money the Fed prints. And by the way, the Fed is so bad now that they're losing about $100, million, $100 billion a year, even though they have a printing press. That's pretty unbelievable. 
So look, Birch Gold Group, they have physical assets for you uh, to hold in about four different locations throughout the country. Uh, the, the key what they focus on is converting your IRA or 401k rather than putting it into BlackRock uh, supported stocks. Put it into something that has enduring value. Text Daniel to 989898 today to claim your free info kit on gold. Because if a central bank digital currency becomes a reality, <laughs> it will be nice to have something of real value. Um, okay, so I, before we get to the, the vaccine stuff for today, and, and we're not going to have time to get to all of it because it's just endless. If I, if I only focused on this, we'd be able to focus on nothing else. I have to close the loop right after yesterday's show. The craziest thing likely in my entire career ever happened to me, and I don't know what to think of it. I don't know what to think of it. So a lot of you have been emailing me this. We have the story of Billy Shamir Mir. Probably, you know, as we're talking about the greatest democide, our government as a serial killer. Well, this was the greatest individual serial killer of our lifetime. Uh, 22 known... Uh, Senior women were smothered to death by him, but really it was likely a few dozen more. Um, we 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 covered this a few years ago, and then we covered it again twice the last few weeks. I wrote I wrote an article on it. Glenn had me on, and I'm thankful to Glenn for for spotlighting this. But basically, it was the greatest mass murder you never heard of. No one talked about, and then first Dallas County and then Collin County announced they weren't seeking the death penalty. And we're like, how in the world could a guy like this not get the death penalty in Texas? Moreover, uh, we focused on the fact that that was one of many anomalies in the fact that the government didn't seem to want to deal with it. No one seemed to care. Everyone wanted to just not talk about it. Uh, the disturbing details of how this was able to go on for so long, and then they, you know, even after he was caught there wasn't much of an interest to treat it with the magnitude that it deserved. So suddenly after yesterday's show, it's announced in the news that Shamir Mir is dead. He was killed by his cellmate, who was also a convicted murderer, uh, beaten to death, and that's it. So obviously my first initial reaction is, praise the Lord. You know, often we're just pulling our hair out. We have no voice how do we make this happen? Even if we get the death penalty, it will take 20 years. God took care of it. It's it's remarkable. It was a random time. This is the, you know, he was in prison for five years so far, at least five years. And I just randomly decided to rejuvenate the news cycle on this and was getting some attention. And then he suddenly is is killed. So First off, it's just, you know, anytime you see divine providence in your life, it's important to articulate it and inculcate your heart with that, you know, strengthen your belief in God, um, because that's all we have. And we're going to need that with many other issues. And it's important to remember that so many other things look hopeless, and God could turn around the dynamic in one day, one moment. And we have to be prepared to utilize anything God does in a righteous way to you know, basically finish the play in human justice in a righteous way. And that just applies to every policy issue. We need to keep that in mind. Now, my second thought right away is, whoa, okay, is there more to the story? Is this like another 
Jeffrey Epstein situation uh, where no one wanted to cover this story. Suddenly it was getting some coverage and then he's dead. I don't, you know, the media doesn't, is not really interested in the details. The best I could see is, is a five minute minute clip from WFAA with Cruzo, who is the Soros prosecutor from Dallas. If you could trust a word he says, he basically said that um, Shamir Mir just randomly made some sort of sexual innuendo comments about his cellmate's children or something. The cellmate got enraged and beat him to death with his hands and a, a sharp pen or something, and no one did anything to stop it. And he was lying there for 15 minutes before authorities came, and and that's it. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to think. There's a lot of funny things about that. How long was this roommate there? Um, you know, it does ha- happen. They claim there's been 17 deaths in Texas prisons uh, this year from things like that, whether it's prison justice, whether it's... I mean, he was making it out to be that it wasn't prison justice, that other murderers didn't like the way he murdered. It was more just the spat with one guy. I don't know, but it it does make you wonder if there's a cover-up there, if they wanted him to get killed. I don't know. Um, It does seem very suspicious, the timing. Then again, when God hears the cries of those victims' families and... You know, we were talking about it. Maybe, maybe he responded. I don't. I don't want to downplay that. It is going to be random timing when God does something to us. It's, it's random, um, and he has many messengers to carry that out. So I don't know which one it is. I mean, either way, it's divine providence. But I don't know if there's an element of something more sinister going on there. Um, but finally, and related to number two, whether this was done on purpose or as an act of God. There is the third observation, which is it's just very sad that as much as on the one hand we're happy he got justice, on the other hand, part of the point was not just to get him killed, was to get more trials to uncover the nature of how this was able to happen and all these unanswered questions that still percolate to this day. And, you know, I'm happy for the family members, but I know I was texting with some of them, and it it is a little bit unsettling that you're – because now for sure – there's no reason that that they ever want to peel into this, and it, it certainly, if you're the owners of those four senior complexes, you certainly like the result because this will close the book permanently on any desire or ability to get more disclosure on what in the world went down there. But I just wanted to mention that. Praise the Lord, he's dead, and let's just keep those thoughts in mind. Uh, but I want to get to the ultimate democide the greatest democide in the history of creation. We now have it confirmed, and even if you only believe a fraction of this study, it confirms what we know. I mean, the numbers are higher than I thought, but 17 million deaths. Um, first, our, our other sponsor today is Barrel Buddy. Sometimes it's worth jamming a round peg into a round hole. How do you clean your guns with those little... Uh, lint shedding cloths no that's not good for your gun the threads go in there Uh, it's dirty it's inefficient Um, the patches drip and splatter barrel buddy has these cartridges that are firm but flexible at the same time perfect compression cleans it out you could also rub on the other metallic parts without it shredding Um, It really is the easiest most efficient and cheapest way to clean it's 
15 bucks for a pack of 50 of them. Just make sure you get the one that's right for your caliber. If it's nine millimeter, if it's um, two, two, three for rifle or, or uh, 357 Magnum, whatever you have, make sure you get that right caliber at barrelbuddy.com. Um, you know, stop using the cloths, stop using things that weren't engineered properly. Really an ingenious engineering feat here. Very simple product, but very important one. Don't allow your guns to go dirty permanently like some of you. Make sure to clean it. Barrelbuddy.com is the place to go. So there's this Canadian study, Rancourt et al. And they collated all-cause mortality data. And we, we said this from day one. All-cause mortality data is something that is hard to hide. Right? At the end of the day, nobody will deny the fact that we have Holocaust levels of excess mortality in most parts of the world to varying degrees, and that it accelerated worse in 2021 than 2020, meaning post-vaccine than, than COVID pre-vaccine, so you can't blame it primarily on covid and it accelerated even worse in a lot of places in 2022, which is when you had Omicron, which really wasn't killing anyone, but you did have boosters. And we always said this will bring out the truth. So what they did is they collated all-cause mortality over the past few years to kind of see you know, where the excess mortality is from a bunch of southern hemisphere countries. So, because they did that to have the 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 proper timing, so you don't say oh, it's seasonal, it's the flu, it's this, you know, the same timing. It's basically almost all of South America they studied, where they can get the data. South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, and these equatorial region countries that are, I guess, some of them are technically in the northern hemisphere, but they're close to the equator. Thailand, Singapore, countries like that. They studied seventeen countries. And then they juxtaposed them, the all-cause mortality data, by time sequence, age-stratified all-cause mortality, to time sequence, age-stratified vaccination rates. Okay? And they found that all 17 countries transitioned to regimes of high all-cause mortality occurring precisely after the COVID vaccines were deployed or administered at that given period. Most disturbingly, they found that in nine countries, there was virtually zero excess mortality for the period of the pandemic preceding the rollout. We, we made this observation many times that you had Scandinavian countries. Now, the Scandinavia is not part of their study, but Australia and New Zealand are and Singapore, so the Pacific Rim and Far East Asia, we kept uh, you know, observing that. That these countries, and we had all these theories that they had cross-partial immunity, not never proven, but we don't know to this day. They seemed that they would get some COVID here and there. Almost nobody in the Pacific Rim would die. And it was whether it was, you know, people that are genetically what we call Asians, meaning non-whites, or whites in Australia. So it, it crossed the gambit of demographics in that geographical region of the world. People weren't dying. And then they deployed the vaccines 
And then people started dying. And it was hard to tell how much of it was COVID because they were definitely getting more COVID, definitely was weakening their immune systems, but you also had the straight up vaccine injury of the cardiovascular and other stuff. So what they were able to do is they were able to kind of break out what was caused from the vaccine and what wasn't. And these nine countries where they, they showed Australia, Malaysia, New Zealand, Philippines, Singapore, Thailand. But then they also found some South American countries like Uruguay, Suriname, and Paraguay that unlike other countries didn't seem to have much of a problem. They had virtually zero or sometimes zero excess death for the first year of the pandemic. Then immediately after the vaccines is when they had excess deaths. Again, th- this is... This is not some sort of complicated scientific study. This is straight up data that's available to everyone. 178 references, 180 pages, all accompanied by dozens of tables, appendixes, showing the sources and methodology for everything. So even if you quibble here, there, this, the other way, you know, the, the, maybe it's not quite this degree or this percentage of this could be explained by this, but the uniformity of the results across four different continents and this many, you know, you know, very different health profiles in South America versus Africa versus, you know, Singapore, which is going to be very healthy, different genetics. And it was the same theme everywhere. The same theme. That the worst all-cause mortality was right after the vaccines but during primarily Omicron, which makes no sense. Again, for those of you who weren't with us at the time, the difference between Omicron, which is really what we've had the last uh, more than a year and a half, is that it didn't really cause blood clotting or this pulmonary inflammation from the cytokine storm that destroyed the lungs. It was just a cold, a flu. It was often nasty and annoying, and you'd have these weird symptoms that were, you know, vexing. It is a bioweapon, and we're still not clear where that iteration comes from because it doesn't flow from any lineage of the things before it, and that's a whole other thing we've never really solved, or at least I've never seen anything on that. But you shouldn't die from that. And they basically found unprecedented peaks in all-cause mortality January, February 2022 in the Southern Hemisphere. And what's important about that is, is that is the Southern Hemisphere summer, not winter. Not winter. So you, you can't blame me on some seasonal thing. It shouldn't, that should be the lower all-cause mortality time. And that was right after people got their third or fourth doses. But it was also during Omicron. And this phenomenon is present. That that kind of wave is present in every case with sufficient mortality data, which is 15 out of the 17 countries that they looked at had sufficient data. So this is obviously unbelievable. And, and again, there's 50 million ways we've proven this. Uh, people have done this all over the place. But this to me is the most astounding. Then the study authors saw to quantify 
the vaccine fatality rate by juxtaposing the vaccination rates and excess death rates by age bracket. So this is the second part. And they found what we have been positing for so long, contrary to what many are saying, is that the older you are, the more the vaccine is a problem. In the same way the virus is a problem and there would be a potential need for a vaccine that would be safe and effective for seniors more than young people. But given that we don't, we have an unsafe and ineffective, negatively effective vaccine, seniors are even worse off. You put the spike protein into a senior, that's even worse. And they use extensive data from Australia and Israel because they have the best, most extensive um, age-stratified vaccine data. And they found that the fatality rate grows exponentially with... Um, with, uh, with, with age. So here's what they found. Bookmark this. And I'm going to have an article out explaining this so you could, you could see, see a link to it. It will be posted at Conservative Review today. Um, overall, if you add up all the ages, they found it was a 0.125% uh, vaccine fatality rate. So in other words, it's one in 800. One in 800. A lot of you have heard this study, one in 800 have a serious adverse event. That's that's nonsense. It's one in 800 die. Um, the serious AEs are more like one in 50, which is what Moderna's new booster actually shows in their own trial data. It's a small sample size there, but but it's actually kind of what we've seen, about 2%. But anyway, they, they don't go into that. But they found it goes up with age. And they found for seniors, for 80-year-olds, it rises to 1%. That is, you know, 1 in 100. And, and, and I'm sorry. Remember, this is a vaccine dose fatality rate. So, remember, a lot of people got, especially the seniors, would have gotten 4 to 7 doses so your your risk of dying for that individual is exponential meaning what what they're saying is an 80 year old every time they get the jab is a one in a hundred chance of dying so if you get seven doses that's gonna be a seven percent chance of dying the rate of death was five percent for 90 year olds so the point is we are cleaning out Seniors. I know Steve Kirsch has data on this now from CMS. Oh, well, okay, you guys for sure need the vaccine. No. From day one, a couple months into this, in the spring of 2021, the Norwegian Medicines Agency, I said this, I, it was published by the Norwegian equivalent of the FDA, a prominent journal. I said this from day one. I don't understand how that wasn't a bigger story. They found from the get-go, they looked at the first 100 all-cause deaths in their nursing homes post-vaccination after the vaccine was released. And they found 10 out of the 100 were likely from the vaccine and they could only rule out 59 as not being from it. And, you know, a lot of, again, a lot of these people, just like with COVID, might only have, you know, a few months or a year or two on the clock. 
they are, I mean, what has been done. And to this day, you go into a pharmacy. I mean, every time I go, I see a lineup of seniors now. I mean, some is the flu shot, which is a problem in its own right. But, but I mean, again, this is a pro-life issue. But let me get to the punchline. I, I don't want to take too much time away before our guest. So they, they tally the 17 countries based on the excess deaths and the timing and the age stratification, how many people they feel died. And they feel 1.745 million people died in those countries. Those countries have a total of over 800 million people. They received cumulatively more than 1.3 billion doses. What's the implication? If you extrapolate their vaccine fatality rate for, what is it, 13.5 billion doses worldwide, you get to 17 million, million deaths. I, I want you to let that seep in. 17 million. Now, again, their their numbers would indicate, would imply like a million deaths in the United States. I don't know if we see that, and it's not necessarily uniform everywhere. But I I know a year ago, I I did an estimate, very crude back of the envelope based on theirs underreporting that we saw from VSAFE and some other things of more like, 8 million back then, so maybe by now it would be, based on the doses, 10 million. But whatever it is, it's at least in the hundreds of thousands in the U.S., and it's at least in the millions all over the world. That that much is 100% clear. And it's still being done more. Everyone, young, old, pregnant, nursing, on top of new RSV shots they're pushing. And we have not moved the needle politically one inch. I'm not even getting to all the other studies we have on lactation and the spike protein being there for at least six months, but probably longer. And then and then um, the plasmid stuff, the DNA contamination that, could, that, that, that has now been proven, the South Carolina testimony from, I forget which doctor that was, that was an expert on genomes that affect cancer, And that transitions to our next guest. This is the opening act. They say 17 million. What about the long-term effects that we're seeing beginning this year, and maybe it's roped into the 17 million to a certain degree, on the depleted immune system, the long-term diseases, the spawns, the cancers. What about that? And remember, that's not just for this generation. Even if you would not vaccinate any new baby, we now know it transfers transplacentally, potentially, to a certain percentage and through lactation. So even all these kids that, you know, well, they never they never got the shot. They weren't around during the shot. And their parents weren't stupid enough to give it to them. But the parent did get it. What about them? So I want to explore some of this with our next guest here. So a couple of weeks ago, we had Dr. William Makis on, a Canadian oncologist who really sacrificed so much over his career to tell the truth and lost his medical license, 
but he doesn't care. He is plowing ahead with the truth. He's chief of oncology at the Wellness Company Canada, and he has a very prolific and important substack, Makis MD. So it's M A K I S M D, same handle on Twitter as well. Where we, we talked about last time, he's chronicling these segments of society. It could be a profession, whether it's athletes, doctors, um, you know, pilots, where you could you could isolate a certain profession and just say, wait a minute. So these are people that by by virtue of the tyrannical laws were forced in in almost universal numbers to get the shots and often boosters. So you know there's a lot going on there. And you could establish just a logical baseline that we might not have an exact percentage, depending on the data we have, of what the excess is, but it's well out of anything that human logic could explain, the number of deaths. And he's been doing that, and among many, many other things, he also has treatment protocols for for you know getting the spike protein out there. I mean, tons of things. So again, at MakeisMD Twitter and Substack, and he is here in the flesh with us today. Dr. Makis, welcome back, and thanks so much for joining us here at The Blaze. Thank you very much for having me again. Well, it's always dire news that we, we discuss with you. Um, so you have a lot of new pieces out. And, and, and again, when we look at Rankert's paper on 17 million projected, you know, it's a rough projection, you can never know for sure, deaths from the vaccine, however many it is, we know this is the opening bid. You're reporting on this continued rash of just people in various professions dropping dead very young suddenly. And what I'm disturbed by by the body of your work is that most of these people should no longer be getting shots. And this and several other things you're doing, in my view, points to a long-term spike protein or other damage that that however mil- many millions died might be the tip of the iceberg is that what you're seeing yes yeah, so that's one of the really concerning aspects of this is that people by and large have stopped taking booster shots uh, even in places like canada if you look at booster shot uptake in the last six months only about five to six percent of the population is still taking booster shots and so I thought, well, you know what, as the booster shot uptake dies down, hopefully these, you know, these horrific injuries and sudden deaths are going to die down as well. And that's just not what I'm seeing. The, uh, the sudden deaths uh, are, are continuing just steadily along. There's been really no decrease uh, in the sudden deaths uh, in any of the populations, whether it's the doctors, the nurses, the police officers, firefighters, city workers, military I'm seeing the same level of deaths, if not a little bit higher. Uh, it seems to be trending upwards. Um, and this is, you know, since the beginning of 2021 when the vaccines rolled out. Uh, I can give you an example of a data set uh, that I have a solid data set on, and which is uh, Canadian doctor mortality, because I've been tracking Canadian doctor deaths. And in 2021, the excess mortality was 37% compared to 2019. And in 2022, the excess mortality is 53%, uh, and it just seems to be slowly going higher. So I, I do see this as a long-term problem. 
So you have a new update out on your Substack about flight attendants, your observations about them dropping there. We talked a lot about pilots a couple of weeks ago. What are you seeing in flight attendants? I'm trying to alert uh, people to this issue. Um, any profession that has had very, very aggressive vaccine mandates, uh, this is happening. So, you know, I've been tracking the pilot deaths and, and pilot uh, collapses in the cockpits, the pilot incapacitations, but flight attendants as well. You know, they were forced uh, by the vaccine mandates to to be fully vaccinated, uh, or they would lose their jobs. And now, a lot of them are coming down with with these aggressive cancers, these turbo cancers, as as we're calling them. And you know, these are stage three, stage four cancers. They present uh, almost always. They present late. They're very aggressive. Uh, they spread very rapidly. And, you know, this is what I'm seeing in, in, in the flight attendants, uh, unfortunately, now. So, so how are you able to quantify that that is over and beyond just straight up anecdotes? In other words, how are you able to quantify and say there's a number of flight attendants in an anomalous amount that are dying too quickly of cancer. That's essentially what you're saying. What sort of process do you go through to 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 uh, observe this? Well, I can tell you it, it's it's hard to get hard data. Um, sure. You know to, to look at it broadly, right? And so, for example, when it when it was when it came to the Canadian doctors, people told me the same thing. How do you know that Canadian doctors are dying at a at a higher rate compared to previous years? And uh, you know, I, we couldn't get that data from the medical associations in Canada because nobody was looking at it. And, and nobody, you know, I reached out to the Canadian Medical Association uh, four times and they refused to, to even consider uh, that there was anything, you know, amiss. And so, you know, we collected the hard data uh, with the Canadian doctors. We collected 2,300 doctor deaths. We looked at it over the past four years, and that's how we found the excess mortality of 53% in 2022. And, you know, this is in line with what Ed Dowd has been putting out, uh, the information that he's been looking at with U.S. insurance data uh, when it comes to the employed population that uh, stayed employed during the vaccine mandates. He is seeing excess mortalities of, you know, 30 40% depending on you know, the age group you look at. So it's consistent, but it's very difficult to get hard data. So, yep. you know, when it comes to something like For the sure. pilots or flight attendants, um, I'm just trying to get, you know, the, the alert out there that, look, this is not normal. I'm looking at these cancers as an oncologist, and I'm seeing, you know, 30-year-olds coming down with stage four breast cancer, stage four colon cancer. Um, and it, this is just not normal in this, in this age population at all. No, it's 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 definitely not, and I I think between the lines, the media admits to the trend. They don't in, in, admit to the the cause. Could you explain some of the concerns about the mechanisms causing the cancer? You know, I know there was obviously the concern that it shuts off your p fifty two, your anti cancer surveillance genes, but is there also a concern that the possible residual DNA plasmids floating around in in this concoction could mess up your genomes in a way that could cause mutating cancers? Absolutely. So, you know, I contributed to an Epoch Times article recently on the possible mechanisms for turbo cancer. And, 
you know, the journalist asked me, what are the possible mechanisms? And I came up with nine, nine different possible mechanisms by which the cancers could be causing, uh, sorry, by which the vaccines could be causing the cancers. And right now, we don't know what the exact mechanism is. And you just mentioned, uh, you know, you just mentioned some of them. So, so for example, uh, the interaction with tumor suppressor genes, uh, the spike protein seems to be able to, uh, you know, interfere with some of these tumor suppressor genes like B53 or BRCA1, which is implicated in breast cancer, for example. And, you know, there are effects on the immune system, damaging effects of, on the immune system. The vaccines seem to really interfere with immune system signaling. And whether it's through the toll-like receptors or whether it's through type 1 interferon or other types of signaling, there really seems to be damage to the immune system. And I've seen this a lot that, you know, person takes, and you saw this with the double vaccinated. They take their first two shots and then six months later, they are getting sicker than someone who's unvaccinated. They're catching COVID, they're catching influenza. You know, they're catching all kinds of viral and bacterial infections. And they're getting sicker than the unvaccinated group. And so there's damage to the immune system. I think that's ultimately the underlying cause of these turbo cancers. But then now we have the new discovery of this DNA contamination of the vaccines, these DNA plasmids, which have the spike protein sequence in them. And these plasmids, you know, they are part of the manufacturing process of the mRNA. That's how they make the mRNA. They put it as a DNA ring into E. coli. They grow the E. coli in huge numbers. Then they extract the plasmids back. You know, then they transcribe them into the mRNA and then package it into the vials. But they're supposed to destroy all the DNA. Like, there's supposed to be no DNA in the vials. And now, lab after lab, they're finding these DNA plasmids in the vials, this contamination. And that's a big problem because if these DNA plasmids, if these little rings of DNA integrate into our genome, into the wrong place, you can easily get uh, cancer and an aggressive cancer. So that's another concern that's really showed up just recently. Yeah, and by the way, this is part of a general trend that we see a very concerning signal or discovery. And rather than jumping on it immediately to study it further, they deny it until later on they admit to step one and then they'll just say, but it's not step two. And then we prove that and then it's, well, it's not step three. And that's kind of where we're at today. I, I don't have time to get into it now, but the, the, the Lancet study about discovering in 10 of 13 breastfeeding women, the mRNA in the, in the breast milk, well, bleh, but does, uh, they admit it, but now it doesn't cause a problem. And, and uh, obviously there's, there's a serious flaw in that. But the point is that you're saying there are too many me mechanistically we're seeing it. We're seeing it macro data, micro data, that this thing is going on long after, especially with these young people. Very few young people have recently gotten shots. To the extent there's some people getting it, it would be the seniors that are just unfortunately, you know, have been brainwashed and terrified into continuing to, to, to get it. Um, the sad irony, as we just mentioned before I brought you on, is that a lot of information is now indicating they are even more vulnerable to vaccine injury, which is not surprising because it's kind of, you know, mirror image of the of the virus. But another long term thing you've been reporting on that I haven't had time to cover. So, you know, there's the concern that you get turbo cancers, that subclinical myocarditis could pop up on you possibly even years later. We don't know. Um, other ailments could develop. 
But then just the immune suppression and the destruction of the immune system alone. What are we seeing in Australia, which just experienced their winter before us, and maybe some other places that, that indicate this? Australia is a very interesting place because um, Australia was reporting hospitalizations, uh, vaccination status of those in the hospitals uh, until December of 2022. And what that data had showed was that the hospitals were being flooded by first the triple vaccinated and then the quadruple vaccinated. And, and they were really filling up the hospitals uh, with uh, you know, with not just COVID-19, but, but all kinds of other illnesses. And then the Australian government stopped reporting that data. Uh, so at the end of December 2022 was the last time I ever saw that data, and then they stopped it. And then this year, um, you know, they've had their worst flu season on record. Uh, worst flu season ever. They had thousands of people who had gotten sick. Uh, some had died. And so, you know, you see this pattern. Uh, we saw it in Canada as well. Um, we actually vaccinated our kids, um, you know, millions of our kids, kids 12 to 19 years old, 80% had at least two doses of the COVID-19 vaccine. Kids 5 to 11 years old, at least 50% of these kids have had two doses of the COVID vaccine or more. And about 6 to 12 months after they vaccinated all the kids, we had the worst flu season in history in Canada. And, you know, same, same situation in Australia, same situation in the UK. Uh, we're probably going to see um, a similar situation this flu season as well, where you're going to see a lot of people getting sick because their immune systems are damaged. You know, and again, it, it's, it's um, the kids uh, should have never had these vaccines. And they pushed them out aggressively in the kids. The kids were at no risk of, you know, coming down with a severe COVID-19 or being hospitalized or dying. And yet they rolled out these shots in the kids, not knowing how the kids' immune systems would be affected. I personally feel that millions of kids had their immune systems damaged. And now we are seeing these, these flu seasons. Uh, and if people want to, you know, check the headlines on this, check the headlines on the, Australia, the last Australian flu season or the Canadian yep. flu season, and you will see sure. the headlines will say worst, worst season in a, in a decade, right? Or, or worst flu season ever. And I think it's because we have a big immune-suppressed population. We have millions of people who are, who, whose immune systems are damaged and suppressed. That, that is really scary because, again, that's a long-term thing. And what's worse about it is, uh, like Elijah said to Ahab, have you killed and have you inherited? They get to reap the benefits of their crime. So they suppress the immune system. And then, you know, so, so, so it's hard to tell. Sometimes they lie and create panic over nothing or they overdo it. But sometimes it is true. There is a lot going on because of what they did. And you have all these kids now in school passing around, you know, these things that, that it takes longer to kick it. Um, and then in Australia, you have all the all these articles about these young people dropping dead from the flu. So their conclusion is, aha, you see, you need to make sure you get more vaccines and make sure you get exactly. your your in addition to another covid shot, get the flu shot. So, um, I mean, is this just like the fact is this because the IgG4 stuff the, that it produces tolerating antibodies or is it just a number of ways that it destroys your immune system, immune signaling? 
I think I think it's a number of ways. Um, IgG4, this this IgG4 shift that was also discovered fairly recently, that's one of the ways. And and what's interesting about this IgG4 shift, as it's called, is that um, it only happens when you've had three shots or more, mm. and, and and so it, it 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 happens with repeated vaccination. And so people who had you know the first shot, they might have an increase in these antibodies called IgG1 and IgG3. The antibodies are against the spike protein. And these are also antibodies that protect you against other viruses and against cancers as well. Then you take your second shot and you're still producing these antibodies, but then you're starting to produce this other antibody called IgG4, which is actually involved in tolerance and tolerating allergies, for example. And then when you have your third shot, that IgG4 just explodes. Mm. And suddenly your body's producing IgG4 why? Because your body wants to tolerate the spike protein that you're constantly being exposed to. And, you know, you don't want your immune system to be constantly going haywire and, and uh, be overstimulated. So it's a body's compensation mechanism to say, okay, look, we've seen this spike protein before. It's not a problem. Let's just, you know, uh, produce these antibodies that will tolerate it. But when that happens, you're actually shifting production away from IgG1 and 3 that would actually protect you against other infections and against cancer. So it's actually one of the mechanisms in potentially implicated in the turbo cancers as well. And again, the more shots you take, the more of this tolerant IgG4 antibody you produce and the less of the other ones you produce. So it actually is immune system damage with each additional shot. And we see that in the Cleveland Clinic study, you know, this big Cleveland Clinic study where yeah. they looked at 50,000 healthcare workers and they find that the healthcare workers who took three, four, five, six shots, each additional shot, they do worse over the long term. They get, you know, they're more likely to catch COVID-19, they get sick with COVID-19. And so this is the pattern that I've seen is that, you know, if people stop taking the shots, you, you stop taking the shots after two, for example. Your immune system, after a year, year and a half, your immune system actually does start to recover. Mm. And, these people, and these people do way better than the triple vaccinated or the quadruple vaccinated. And the Australian hospitalization data shows that as well. But if you keep taking these shots, you keep damaging your immune system, you're, you're actually not giving your body any chance to recover. And I think that may be part of why they wanted to give you booster shots every six months, right? Uh, because, you know, I ultimately believe that, um, you know, these, these people that are putting out these damaging pharmaceutical products, they don't want your immune system to recover. They don't want your body to recover. No, uh, because it's they, brilliant. They know they can, they can see from the data that if you stop, you give your body a year, year and a half, you can get a, a good portion of your healthy immune system yes. back. But you, but you have to stop the shots, and that's the key. People don't work with logic. They work with emotion and fear. So they're not, they're not like, hey, wait a minute, this didn't work. No, it's just the opposite. If I'm scared of something, then I'm going to be more inclined to keep keep getting their products. And obviously, it's, it's brilliant. The more you inject, the more you infect. So what you're saying is the same way we're seeing uh, from the Cleveland Clinic and many, many other studies, by the way, the more you inject, the more you infect with COVID – that same mechanism is often going to give you problems with other respiratory viruses as well as, as uh, you know, cancers. And, you know, it's, it's funny. There was actually another negative efficacy study from the California prisons. And 
the authors, after we and others were citing it, they tried to go to Curious, the journal publication, to say, no, we want to retract it. <laughs> this this is a pattern that's happening everywhere. And Curious so far is holding firm. They're like, no, there's no reason to retract it. Uh, but we just quoted yeah. that last week. It's it's amazing what is happening here. But um, this IgG4 thing is very scary. And, and, and by the way, folks, before we sew up here with Dr. Makis, I just want to give a plug here. The IgG4 is very important. Very, very important. Again, it's kind of like it's God gives it to us for a reason. Because you want to tolerate certain things and not overreact, for example, you know, to to nectar from bees and, and you know, certain allergies. So, and that's why people get shots of IgG4, but you don't want to treat a spike protein like that. And there is a good paper out that I feel, even for laymen, really explains it. If you're interested, it's published in Biomolecules. Does SARS-CoV-2 induce IgG4 synthesis to evade the immune system? And I think it does a good job explaining that there. Um, Dr. Makis, you know, what what I'm gathering here is that this shot is kind of brilliant, what it does to you. It seems like it overstimulates a lot of people in the short term. So they have all these uh, you know, autoantibodies, autoimmune reactions, all these inflammatory things, neurological inflammation, skin inflammation, random pains, it, it, random parts of the body. Um, but then in the long term, it does immune suppression. Is is that the way to break it down? Yes, and and it, it unfortunately, you know, it's it's not just immune suppression that it causes, right? I mean, it, it's unfortunately there's uh, once you get these uh, some very serious autoimmune reactions, um, you know, those are very difficult to deal with. And what's interesting is that, you know, you then have Pfizer and Moderna who are then coming out with drugs to treat those reactions. Right, so I I published uh, recently just a s- small Substack article on alopecia. You know, when people start losing their hair uh, when they take the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine, some people you know they go through uh, this hair loss process. Yeah. And I- I've heard and it from it, COVID it, itself too. Yes, and and but that's an autoimmune. It's an autoimmune process. And you know, wouldn't you know it? Pfizer just has an alopecia drug. Uh, that has just passed clinical trials, right? <laughs> and so, but you see this pattern over and over. You know, I was looking at uh, testicular cancer in uh, soccer players in Europe, for example. In the Bundesliga, there's a number of professional soccer players vaccinated who've come down with uh, testicular cancers. Well, again, you've got, you know, it's either Pfizer or Moderna who are coming out with new uh, drugs to treat testicular cancer. And you just see this pattern over and over. When they were going to, when they were, when they were going to roll out, um, the vaccines in children five to eleven years old. Uh, a few months before, you saw FDA approve the first blood th- blood thinning agent in children of that age group because they probably anticipated that children were going to get blood clots uh, from the shots. And, and so Moderna now has got... some sort of mRNA they're working on to repair heart muscle. Exactly, and and so Moderna, you know, the Moderna CEO is boasting that, you know, they have this. Uh, exactly this new mRNA vaccine that will treat heart injury and will, uh, you know, will, will try to repair the heart muscle. And we know that, the, you know, their own vaccine is causing heart injuries. So it's this almost uh, perverse business model where they've got, you know, these mRNA vaccines, which are causing all kinds of damage. 
uh, and they have, you know, the media, the politicians, even the scientists, you know, some of them bought off um, that, you know, that they go around denying vaccine injuries. And then they go on and they put out the drugs to treat the injuries that they caused. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a pretty sick business model, but uh, obviously it seems to be working at this point. In other words, not only could it possibly be that millions died from the shot, but millions more likely will be will die and be injured and sicker throughout their life. And yet we're doing even more of these and more are getting approved. Oh, and then while they're creating all these ailments, guess what? They have something coming up right behind it for you to take just for them. I, I, I there, the words can't describe this. This is the worst thing that has ever been foisted upon human beings by organized government. I, I just, I mean, I, I don't know what to do other than continue, you know, not just publishing this information, but trying to force this in legislatures and other places uh, and force policy changes. Uh, I really appreciate your work. Again, we didn't, we barely scraped the surface of just one week's worth of uh, your work. Uh, at MakeusMD on Twitter, MakeusMD, a Substack. Uh, William, thanks so much for joining us today, and we really look forward to having you back. Thank you very much for having me again. Take care. I don't know what to say, folks, but just the breadth of information we've covered the last 40 minutes is, is unreal. And I, I want to make it very clear. What, what goes on is they'll often say, well, this doesn't necessarily prove that. But it's the preponderance of all of it together does prove that because we have for each piece of the pie, we have multiple data points, multiple studies, mechanistically, micro, macro. It doesn't matter. There is a reason why Pfizer's colors of their logo were displayed on top of the Empire State Building. That is their symbol. It's a symbol of death. It's a symbol of malok. They, they're celebrating this. They know this. I mean, you could. this is all public, that this is all going on. Now, they'll deny the cause, but the problem is there's no way they could deny it anymore. I didn't even get to all the information we have on the European documents we have of what Pfizer knew, when they knew. They knew it. All of this. There's almost not a single thing that we don't have documented that they had documented, which you know we, we only have access to what we got from the courts and uh, both in Europe and, and the United States. And it doesn't change policy. Getting back to the Billy Shamirmir thing we talked about, you could have earth-shattering things going on, on in front of us and people don't know. They don't know what they don't know. We'll get to this maybe a little bit more tomorrow, but going back to politics, I talked to so many people about Trump and they don't know what he said about abortion. They don't know what he said about birthright citizenship. They don't know what he said, what he did with the log cabin Republicans. They don't know any of this. We are told what, what, what we are supposed to know by the liberal media and the conservative media does it in their own way. Except the difference is the liberal media's media's obfuscation is helping the left's cause, whereas the conservative media obfuscation basically undermines its own stated beliefs, which is the ultimate controlled opposition. But th this is why we're not living in ordinary times. It is shocking how you could go through life, and it, it, I, in all honesty, if I wouldn't have gotten into this and know where to look and who to associate with and, and how to put it together... 
I, I guess I would be living my life too. You know? 17 million people out of 8 billion is not a lot. That That's the crazy thing about it. And you could afford to lose a lot more, which all indications seem to imply we are going to lose more. And still you wouldn't notice. Would you know, notice if 100 million died over a course of a few years, you know, out of 8 billion? It, 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 it's nuts. It's absolutely crazy. When we started covering this in March 2021, basically the craziest hypothesis or theories about what the vaccine is and does to you, every one turned out to be true and is now verified times 10. I, 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 I don't think we could wrap our arms or our brains around the cascading series of cause and effect for, that, that this gene juice alone, just this one, has caused and will cause. You cannot imagine, because when you make a whole population sick in multiple different ways, autoimmune, immune suppression, inflammatory diseases, neurological problems, cardiovascular problems, hematological problems, turbo cancers, Obviously, we didn't even scrape the surface of the fetal maternal stuff and pregnancy and, and childbirth and neonatal because that, that brings it to an entire new generation. That's a whole nother sphere of this. You look at all of that and you think, what is going to be the effect? And I don't know. But one thing we do know is there's going to be a heck of a lot of money to be made on producing even more vaccines to deal with all of the viruses they're both creating and exacerbating and all these other therapeutics to deal with the damage to every corner of the body. There are no words in the English language to describe what is going on. But knowledge and truth are power, and all we can do is educate each other neighbor by neighbor, friend by friend, and at least make sure people stop taking this. I didn't get a chance to do get into some of his protocols, but you could look around, Google around, he, you know, or look look on his Twitter. He has a lot of good stuff. Uh, Makis MD, just a terrific stand-up guy, great, solid information. And he is the type of guy, I know there's a lot of stuff out there on the web, and you know, a lot of times people do get things wrong, even if 90% is true. He's a solid guy, I found. And, and the information is very reliable and, and verifiable. So again, bookmark this show. I want you to take it to everyone you know. Everyone you know. I don't care what your ideological persuasion is. A show like today really should be universal. Especially after everything we know. Um, try to be a little bit more uplifting tomorrow. Send me a note. Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com at rmconservative on Twitter. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all. And thank you for listening.